This is the Terence and Emma podcast, all about relationships and seeing things differently. Well, welcome to our very first podcast. I'm Emma Mulling. And I'm Terence Mulling. And we have been married for almost 10 years. We have, well, almost four children, three children out of the womb and one cooking in my belly. Uh, We both work in media. We are both musicians. We both love God and we're passionate about helping people. That sounds like the perfect match. (laughs) That's like match made in heaven. Stop the podcast right now. That is the whole point. It might sound like we're very similar, but actually we could not be more opposite, not just in appearance. Uh, Everything is very different from our backgrounds, our upbringing, how we like our home, how we like our food, how much sleep we like, our parenting styles, uh, and the list goes on. But somehow we have managed to make it work and keep it fun. Mm. And we haven't killed each other yet, right? (laughs) The fact that you use the word yet makes it sound like it's inevitable (laughs) it's going to happen, but continue. So this is a 12-episode podcast based around the theme of relationships. So along this journey, we're going to share some very funny stories. We're going to be really transparent with you. Mm. Uh, We're going to get some experts in along the way. Uh, We're going to be very open about our own challenges, and we're probably going to make you both cringe and laugh, but we promise you it's going to be a whole heap of fun. Mm. Now, I work in radio. I host a radio show in Sydney, Australia. Uh, actually, side note, I'm about to finish up because we're moving to another country, but that is a whole other story, which I'm sure we'll tell you about along the uh, journey of the podcast. But because I work in radio, that is actually the only reason why I have been able to do this whole intro on my own, because Terence here likes to hijack, and once he starts talking, he does not stop. Well, the only reason you could keep going is because you press mute on my microphone because you're in the driver's <laughs> seat. But apart from that, uh, yes, you do lead this, and we're going to keep going. All right, so let's kick off episode one. We want to start at the beginning with the whole concept of the love tank. So uh, this is, I mean, I'm actually surprised that so many people do not know about this because for me, this was a complete game changer. So Terence, tell us about the whole concept of the love tank and how it began in the book. Well, the book actually is by this guy called Gary Chapman, uh, written back in 1995. And being the perfect husband that I am, I thought, let's give this to my wife to make sure that her love tank, which is basically just saying it's a measuring stick of the meter of how much love she feels from the way I'm expressing to her. And so in this book called The Five Love Languages, it's about how to express your heartfelt commitment to the one that you love. And it was written by this guy and he gives five ways that people express love and five ways that we express experience love. And those five love languages are the gift giving, so giving of gifts. Uh, The second one is quality time. There's words of affirmation. There's acts of service, so doing something for someone, let them feel the love. And of course, my favorite, physical touch. Most men would fall into this category, but there are some who are different. So he basically got all these examples. Very few men would be different, but examples of this uh, he got from his counseling practice of you know speaking with many different married couples and seeing what worked and how these guys were communicating love, but some people weren't feeling it. And I think the best way I can sort of set it up is we recently took a trip to Fiji as a family holiday. And anytime we go on a holiday, I kind of like to learn the language of where we're going. So if we're going to tie Thailand, it's like Sawadikap, Sabaidimai. And uh, so in Fiji, it was Bula, Bula Binaka, Sakutha. And I say that because I take the time when we go to a new place to actually learn the language so I can connect with the people and meet them, you know, on the same terms. And my dear wife, Emma, being the country Aussie girl she is from Ipswich, <laughs> just thinks it's a little bit too hard. But I try to explain to you, Ems, the reason why we get two free meals 
big buffet meals, the fact that we get one night free is because the people like me. I'm speaking their language, so their love tank is filled. So speaking about love languages, do I feel your love tank? And am I speaking the same language as you? Okay, so let's... Yeah, thanks for throwing me under the bus there with that example. It's very hard to learn a new language, okay? I don't know how you know... Well, you know basic words in like 10 languages, but anyway. Uh, I just fake the funk, just like Mary. (laughs) Just pretend like I know a whole lot more than I do. So, for example, your partner, their love language might be acts of service. Mm -hmm. So, they want you to do stuff for them, but you are speaking to them in the language of say gifts so you're buying them lots of presents but and they're not feeling the love because that's not actually what they want so uh, you know this actually kind of works both ways so your love language might be gifts and their love language is quality time so they're spending all this time with you which is a big sacrifice for them you know they're taking time off work to come home and be with you and you just want a damn present it's actually if you guys can just communicate figure out what each other's love language is you know they're going to be happier because they're you know not wasting so much time and you're going to be happier because your love tank is filled so Terence, mm. uh, I thought it would be helpful to share how when we first got married we were totally on the different pages when it came to love languages and the does that biggest mean, can i just clarify does that mean that now we're on the same page this might be good just to help me understand well, we where we are in the relationship on the same page to be perfectly honest but okay. we've gotten much better we're getting there we're getting there we're getting there so in the very beginning of our marriage the first birthday that i had as a married woman you know birthdays are a big deal to mm. me and you know you buy someone gifts and they're wrapped and you give them to them in the morning. Mm. Uh, And, Mm. you know, I was kind of expecting, it was my birthday first, by the way, a few Mm. months after we got married. I was kind of expecting that. And it was... 3rd of June. 3rd of July. July. Are you serious? No. Oh, my goodness. I was just... I was totally a joke. You were not joking. That was totally a joke. (laughs) That was not a joke. 3rd of July. Anyway. um, So, I woke up in the morning of my birthday and nothing... I'm like, okay, that's right. Uh, and I thought something must be coming. And I ended up saying something to you because we were both going to work. I'm like, did you not get me a present? Or, and you're like, oh, yeah, I thought we'd do presents tonight. And in my head, I'm like, who does that- presents on the night of their birthday? You open them in the morning. Wait for it. Okay. So, by the way, no breakfast in bed or anything like that. Babe. So, we get to the night and I get given in a card, which was very obviously from a gas station, uh, or Servo, if you're an Aussie listening, uh, a $20 Bunnings voucher. Now, if you don't know what Bunnings is, it's like a gardening store. He obviously had- It is an all-inclusive hardware store and gardening. It was the perfect gift. Because oh let's, let me, let's just, there's always three sides to a story. There's mine, there's yours, and the truth in the middle, which is always closer to my side. Oh, <laughs> that said, when we first got married, we moved in. I was living at this apartment, which is- Awesome, perfect apartment. And we decided, let's move a little bit out of town to this place where it, let's just say, it needed a little work. And so as... Oh, so you thought you'd uh, like buy me a hardware store voucher to do the work for you? You said you wanted to, your mum was always the one who did the gardens at home and you had a bit of a green thumb and you wanted I to explore... I I had a green thumb. I said I liked her gardens because she you... has a green thumb. Well, I thought you wanted to explore that side. So I thought I didn't know what to choose. Do you get a rake or a hoe or this? So... <laughs> So it's like, I thought you can choose whichever one you like. If I get you a Bunnings voucher, then it's like the options are open. And I thought that was going to be a good gift. 
Okay, well, it was a bad gift and there was no thought in that gift. And you obviously had gone to a service station and bought it on the day. The whole point is you hadn't even thought about my birthday or bought me a present. Babe, I thought about it so much. It's just that it was a busy season. We're going to work. And I must admit, when it comes to birthdays, we do it differently. Uh, In my family, you give a gift and, and, and that's great. And you celebrate them. You say something nice, which I did in the morning. I told you all the great things that I love about you. But for you, it seems to be- I you don't need someone to-, to tell me nice things. I just buy me a present. Okay, that's what. But see, this is a case of bait and switch. <laughs> I'm telling you it's bait and switch because when we first met, when we were dating and why I decided to marry you is because I thought oh, I scored. Careful what you say. Okay. That's a big, well, big call. Uh, let me explain. When we first met, you were like, oh, mate, I'm from Ipswich. You know, I'm living in Sydney. So first of all, you had no expensive taste. You didn't even know what avocado was. So avocado on toast was like... <laughs> And, and you didn't even know what that was. This is true. I actually, honestly, before the age of 21, I did not know what an avocado was or a focaccia. Can I just say, well, and wait, wait, I went to a cafe in Sydney. I just moved here and someone, I, I didn't know what to order. I didn't even understand the menu. Someone ordered me an avocado and chicken focaccia. I did not know what was coming. And that's I what had I, no idea what was coming. That's what I fell in love with. I <laughs> fell in love with this girl from Itzwitz, so low maintenance. I mean, you could just get, you could go to Macca's. And she'd be happy with the fact that I she was fed. I still love McDonald's, by and the way. But I don't it's know not what, very good for me. I don't know what I've done. I think I've created my own nemesis. I've, I've created, <laughs> my, I've married myself because let's just say after 10 years of marriage, uh, actually probably 10 months of marriage, her taste changed. First of all, just a test. Let me show you how Ipswich my wife was. Let me type in something. All right, Emma, <laughs> I'm just typing something on my computer. Can you please tell me what this word starting with Q is? What's that say? Quinoa. <laughs> I rest my case. The word is quinoa, Emma. She is still low maintenance in one sense Actually, of it. Actually, have, you have done that to me a few times now and I still forget. I've just called that quinoa for so long. That's how it looks. Like, but see, you used why to, complicate things? You've changed. You used to be so low maintenance. Maccas, KFC, a little bit of Krispy Kremes. <laughs> yeah, being pregnant, you have sort of blown out. <laughs> But no, no, not blown out. What? <laughs> not blown out. Wrong use of words. I meant oh blown out your healthy, goodness. affluent, high-class taste. Wow. But you see, it used to be easy I'm to buy for you. I'm not deleting that from the podcast, <laughs> just so you know. It used to be easy to buy for you. I remember when I took a trip to Miami recently and I was there scouting out where we were going to live and looking what we would do to, to uh, launch this church that we're do, doing to go over to Miami and love on the people. And I remember Emma says, you know, every time you go away, you never buy me a gift. And I thought, this time I'm going to get it right. And I remember she's always tagging me on Instagram. She's very subtle with her hints <laughs> to different bags. And, and, and I just re- I remember the that name. That was a year earlier. And I... Anyway. I, t- I took a world. I, I'm slow, but I get there in the end. And I thought, look, I've bought her one Michael Kors bag already. I'm going to go. I bought that myself, just for the record. I paid for it. Excuse me? I work as well. Our money is together. So. Mm. Nonetheless, I chose it and. It was a gift from me. Anyway, you've got this black bag, which you've been using all the time. You've been complaining how small it is. I I thought, I'm going to go the big kahuna. So I thought in true Emma style, anytime we've gone shopping, if we go to a clothing store, there'd be nice, chic, classy dresses. But Emma just wants anything with glitter. If it's silver that is and so it's got not, okay. glitter on you it. You must be remembering something from 10 years ago because I cannot stand glitter. Emma, you love anything that's shiny. I do not. If it's shiny Half and ostentatious. Half my wardrobe is black. Like, not half. You've changed 90% that. of my wardrobe is black. Okay, now. 
But initially, if we went into a store, I'd say buy whatever you want and you'd go for the glittery... As if you've ever said that to me. Well, maybe in my head I've said that, but hoping for something different. Anyway, I finally bought the va- the bag I thought Emma would like. It was a Michael Kors bag and it wasn't, you know, one of the chic classic ones. I thought she's going to like big, shiny with the big, uh, what do you call it? The big logo on it. Like, you know, those guys who wear the Versace bags, you know, it's Versace. It's got the logo. It's the most ridiculous it's the thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I know. I it is ridiculous. big logos. But I thought you would like it. So I spent a, a lot of money on this bag. I won't say how much I spent. How many times you used it? I've used it once, and honestly, it was a courtesy use. <laughs> you told me your thing was gifts. I was trying to speak your language, and an utter fail. And that's okay. why I don't like to buy stuff anymore. I thought if I'm going to spend thousands of dollars, you use it you once. Didn't What's spend the point? Thousands of it dollars. was thousands. Are you, you do serious? not know. So I'm going to sell that thing as soon as we get home. You should. All right. So basically. I have one bag. Yes, I'd been talking about wanting a bag a year earlier and I just bought it myself. I'd given up on you actually getting the hint. And because I had a birthday and you didn't get it. So I'm like, I'll buy it myself then because I need a handbag. I have a job. I have three kids. I'm busy. Like, I'm not the kind of person that has multiple handbags and are going to change the bag to suit their outfit. I have one black bag and that's what I use every single day. It's the I staple admit it, bag. It was a fail. I thought I was trying to speak your language, which was gifts. There's other gifts in there. So I, I, I'm in exploring, trying to work out what these different gifts are. Gary Chapman talks about a few of them. And actually what he says, he says, people tend to naturally give love in the way that they prefer to receive it. So if someone's always saying you're amazing, well, they're obviously waiting for you to say it back to them. And you are amazing, Emma. Thanks. Just saying. And that's the exact <laughs> response you give every time. You're meant to actually respond, so are you. You're amazing too, Terence. Another perfect example of this, this is the last one I'll give, okay? Because I know it sounds like I'm throwing you under the bus, but I kind of that's, am. That's fine. I'm All tough. Right. I can so our it. very first Valentine's Day, this was painful. Oh my goodness, this was so painful. Terence likes to sleep in, okay? We're actually I'm gonna, Jamaican. We're going to talk Jamaican. about that on a it's later in the blood. episode. It's in the blood. I got up early. It's Valentine's Day. I went up to the shops. I got him a coffee and I went to the florist. Now, Valentine's Day. I don't drink coffee. Okay. Valentine's Day, flowers, roses, whatever. As you know, uh, just, you know, triple the price. But I thought it's Valentine's Day. I got him some roses. I got them to wrap it really nicely in paper that is kind of manly. And I came back and he was just waking up and I had the coffee and the roses. And I gave it to him and I said, happy Valentine's Day. And he was just, he. your response was like, it was like a dagger in my heart. You actually said. <laughs> oh, it's a bit dramatic, you look, isn't it? No, because you looked at it. And honestly, these roses, they were like three of them. They were like 60 bucks. It was ridiculous. You actually said to me, oh, babe, guys don't really do roses. Like, guys don't really do flowers. I'm like, really? You know what that was? Really? That's what? called honesty. I think it was panic because you realized, oh my gosh, it's Valentine's Day. I haven't got her anything. No, no. It was, excuse me. You told me I would rather you give me the money. I can buy a pair of shoes and spend it on <laughs> roses, which are going to die in three days. This is true. That is my Quote. thought on flowers. Quote. They, they die. Uh, look, speaking of different love languages, and that obviously gifts is a fail for me. I've, I haven't worked it out. I am trying to get better, but the fact that Emma would then go and buy me roses was like obviously a double fail. No, no, no. But the le- there's a lesson in this to What's help the people. The lesson is if your partner is speaking the wrong love language, you need to like find a time to tell them. Don't tell them while you're holding the present they just handed you. Mm, okay. It's so all about timing. I should have told you at a later date. Wait a week. Yeah, pretty much. 
Maybe over a glass of wine or, you know, something. Lesson learned. What I would have loved is just a lovely card, because mine is words of affirmation. Let's just be clear. Yes, we know. You like people to tell you you're awesome. It does help. (laughs) (laughs) It does help. But it doesn't help when you post video. So recently, Emma just posted a video of our little daughter. Now, we've got three kids, and our most recent little Israel is nine months old. And as kids do, they they journey through the stages of life, and they hit these milestones. One of the milestones was crawling the other day, which is fabulous. And now, because she's (laughs) she's a little chunky on our our little Lizzie, (laughs) and uh, let's just say during the pregnancy, Emma ate a few extra McChickens. I pretty much ate a chicken burger every single day. And you know what? I'm not ashamed to say that. Well, our daughter did come out almost a 10-pounder, which is uh, almost two pounds heavier than the other kids. This is but true. She's healthy and she's durable. Just in case McDonald's tries to sue because of us making the, the, uh, the link between the two. But let's, but let's move on from that. She's a healthy baby. And what I will say about it is this. You did post a video the other day, Emma, a lovely Insta story about the fact that she has just been able to stand up on her own without us holding her and supporting her. I know, which, she's totally advanced. Which as any, <laughs> she is advanced, which any parent, I, I get excited about that stuff. But it's the level of excitement that you will give to the point where your voice goes up four decibels, your eyes just start to widen. You. I mean, all you have to do is jump on her Instagram or Facebook and you'll see this video. She gets so excited, but... Where's that sort of excitement and encouragement for me? I mean, I mowed the lawn the other day, six months. Can I? And, and as I say six months, I'm going to say, yeah, that's a problem right there. But it was only six months because there's developments going on next to our house. It was you don't winter. need your excuses, Terrence. <laughs> it was winter and the grass didn't grow for a it while. It totally grew. It had okay. been six months. It, it did was like a like, bush out there. It did look like a jungle and it was knee high. The fact is I did mow the lawn. I cut all the hedges. And what did Emma say? Not even, oh, sweetheart, that was fantastic. <laughs> what did she say? You haven't put the fertilizer on. We've got so many bindies, which are these little... Things prickles. that stick, prickles that stick you. My thought was, you could have just given me some sort of affirmation, mate. I'd be out there every second day mowing that lawn. All right, I admit, I definitely can still use some improvement in this area. That's, you know, what? I'm going to take that. That is a very good point, and I'm sorry. Please tell me this is being recorded. <laughs> yes, it is. Because I just recorded. want to play that part because this will help a lot of marriages. Part of me does think that that's your job, though. That's why I hesitated. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Okay, speaking about jobs, the third love language is acts of service. And you would think if you love someone, you could just send a little bit of love their way. Now, when we first got married, I knew that I was in for a little bit of a rude awakening because we did this pre-marriage course. And in the pre-marriage course, they asked, who do you expect to do what? And, I, you know, I was pretty cool with the answers that came through, who's going to do most of the cooking. And, you know, Emma is an okay cook, so... <laughs> So I do most of I'm, Look, I'm happy to admit I'm not a gifted cook. You do a great Vegemite sandwich. I do great Vegemite sandwich and I do great tin spaghetti on toast. You know what I do do that's that good? That takes skill. I actually do a good mash. Let's be honest. You do a good mash. That's true. Because I true. put half a gallon of butter in it. But anyway. Not the healthiest. My cause a coronary, <laughs> but it's it, you do a great job. But speak, only reason I said we're doing this test and I thought, okay, I'll do most of the cooking. I'm cool with that. Because look, we've decided in our marriage, we're not going to fit the traditional stereotypes of what a man does this and 
a, a girl does this because you know Emma's a, a new age girl. She works hard. She goes out and she does. She's brilliant. She, has she goes a job out. She's and got she a makes job. Babies and she does everything. Superwoman. <laughs> Superwoman. <laughs> See what I did there? I just affirmed you. I'm learning. Word of affirmation. I'm learning. Yes. And then in part you. of the test, they said, "Who who do you think is going to put out the garbage?" Of course, me. I did that as a young kid. Who's going to do the ironing? And Emma's like, "I'm not ironing your stuff." Well, I just thought it was a given you both iron your own clothes. Like, you both work. Babe, you don't even iron your own clothes. <laughs> I don't. When you put them on, they stretch. And I just thought, <laughs> you know, in our marriage, since I do a few extra things around the house, like, you know, getting the kids lunches, feeding the kids, getting them ready, I pretty much do everything. You do not. In the mornings, I pretty oh, much Okay, every make working mum who's listening will actually be saying, uh-uh, because we work... And yes, you help out so much at home. You are so good, babe. But the, at this the end of the really day, nice. at the end of the day, the mum, the kids will always go to the mum, and the mum just always, unfortunately, by default, gets lumped with more of the house stuff. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a later episode. I am so glad the kids go to you because Truth said, if they do come into the room at any time <laughs> between ten p.m. and seven a.m., I, I just click my fingers and point to mum. And they know not to talk to dad because that's my sleep zone. <laughs> I do not even know how you like made that happen. But unfortunately, that is true. That's what happens. Tip for every dad, anyone who's about to just click, tell them. Set it up from the start. They go to mum if it's any time in the a.m. in the morning you need to sleep. Uh, They're going to look after me better when we're older, though, just so you know. But my shock was <laughs> I thought, okay, we'd progress through five, six, seven years, coming on 10 years of marriage. You could iron something if I just asked you since I was doing everything around the house. <laughs> that is not and true. What, and and how, do you, how does Emma respond when I ask, hey, babe, look, I'm just getting Izzy some food. Can you just iron that shirt for me? Oh, babe, this is not the 1920s. What do you think? I'm your maid? <laughs> okay, can I explain? Really? Can I explain? Really? Okay, I in our first year of marriage, right, I remembered mm. this pre-marriage, you know, thing that we'd done, this questionnaire. It's called a course. Course that we did, whatever it was. <laughs> Probably need a refresher. Um, and so I actually, because I knew that that was obviously something that you valued, so I actually did iron your clothes. I think you've forgotten this. You've done a couple. And... and what I found is that you would then go back and re-iron them because you were so particular that my ironing was never good enough. And you know what? Honestly, that's quite disempowering. If someone keeps doing that, you're going to be like, well, whatever. They're going to redo it anyway. I'll just leave them to do it. And so there It's called you go. leadership. I thought if I show you how to do it, then instead of sitting there grumbling and complaining that she doesn't do it well, I'll just show you how to do the ironing. Anyway, as I said, it's not the 1920s. You can iron your own clothes. Ah. And if I ask you to send an email for me, what response do I get? I send emails for you all the no, time. No, you say, I'm not your PA. <laughs> I'm not your PA. Why do it's you like, do it with that full Ocker Aussie accent? Anyway, Because that's right. what it sounds like. So, it's like, just send a little bit of love this way. So, obviously, we haven't got it together. But we're getting but there. But we're getting there. All right. So, those are, I think, three love languages. And what are the last two? Is it um, quality Quali- time and physical touch? You love physical touch, don't you? <laughs> I don't really like physical touch. I do notice on you, we'll be on the couch and you just keep creeping over. <laughs> But you know what this is? I know you were married and everything. This is another bait and switch. Because when we were dating, you used to give me massages. And I was like, oh, dude, again, I have scored massages. She's got strong hands. This is fantastic. I can count on one finger how many massages, maybe one hand, (laughs) how many massages you've given me. Why has that all changed? Because I did not know that you, honestly, I did not know that you passed wind so much. What? You never did it. What's that got to do with the massage? It makes me feel sick. I can't get too close. 
Should I talk about what happened driving here? <laughs> I'm pregnant, all right? <laughs> there is some gas that needs to come out. Anyway, the final one is quality time. Is that the only one we haven't mentioned? Yeah, and I, I do love it. I think one of our unique, um, I guess, experiences we have is that many times we work freelance, so we'll work from home and, and have a home office so we can spend more time together planning things like the podcast or the TV stuff. And I like spending time with you, but I have noticed the last couple of nights that you've taken the kids, gone for walks without me and left me at home with the baby. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> well, I like a little bit of space sometimes, you know. I am quite an introvert. And you are not an introvert. Well, you are a little bit sometimes, but I am definitely 100% an introvert. And I'm your husband. You should be able to be free with me. But this is how introverts work, okay? We rejuvenate by being on our own. So if we have some time on our own, we're going to really appreciate that time with you and others mm. much more. Like we're going to really just, yeah, just appreciate it and enjoy it. But as long as we have rejuvenated on our own, otherwise it's just going to be draining. All right, let's see. So 10 years married, looking at all the different love languages, there's words of affirmation. Just just tell me so I can get it really clear. Where are you today? Because it seems to change daily. But I don't know it's changed over the years. No, I shouldn't say that. You are pretty consistent. But just because I don't want to miss it. Words of affirmation, yes or no? No. Okay. I know I'm awesome. I don't need you to tell me. <laughs> I love the confidence. Acts but, of service. But can I just say, yeah. sometimes it's different with different people. Because, mm. you know what? I'm just going to say it. I really wish my parents would tell me I'm awesome. Oh, this is like a heartfelt <laughs> moment. Oh, I'm serious. Are you going to cry? No. Your eyes are watering. But they are not. <laughs> they, they, are. they are not. But I'm just saying, sometimes it's different with different people. Okay. So, okay. For me, that's actually quite interesting. I'm going to send this podcast to my parents so that they tell me I'm awesome. They show love in other ways. Exactly. They never say I'm awesome. Anyway. What about acts of service? Yes. A current love Yes, I would say definitely 100%, especially because I'm pregnant. I can't do as much and, you know, you just kind of feel sick all the time and... All right, here's a tip for the lads listening. Uh, Three ways that I could show you acts of service to let you feel the love. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's important to ask people because sometimes I would think an act of service is doing what I do, everything with the kids. Um, Stop saying that. That is so not true. Well, I do a lot. Cooking every every day, I think that would be an act of service. But obviously, no, no, no. Okay, no, things are seasonal. You got to you got to take that into account because since I've been pregnant, I have been quite sick, and when I cook, I will dry reach. (laughs) Okay. I used to cook more. Come on, you got to like driving to McDonald's drive-through is not called cooking, Emma. (laughs) Uh, but <laughs> I really like McDonald's. Stop knocking McDonald's. Uh, now, three things I think it's important to ask because I, I, I feel that I do a lot of acts of service for you, but obviously I could do some more. But <laughs> tell, me, tell, me the, tell, tell me the three in this season that I could do to make do you, you feel You know what love. would be amazing mm. is... I'm actually going to write these down. If you... I know this sounds silly. Or just one. Give me one. Okay, take my car to get washed because that uh, okay. that place is out of control. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say we drove here in my car for good reason, because finding the crunchy, the chocolate wrappers, the Krispy Kremes, and if you think I'm exaggerating, I almost want to post a photo, but I still love you, babe. I still love you for mid-switch. Okay. All right. Take your car to get washed. Okay. Now, I feel like I need to ask you now, what's, what's, uh, which love language? Well, I know yours is words of affirmation. All right. So, I think I can just like self-diagnose here. So, you would like me... To be more um, affirming and not just think it's it. That would be helpful. 
I think you're awesome. So you can't just say, I think you are awesome. You've got to say why. Oh, my gosh. Name my specifics. Well, that's how the love tank gets filled. See, saying you're awesome to someone who's a words of affirmation is like saying, hey, you're human. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Duh. Just keeps expanding on the expectations. I'll I'll let you think about it because I actually would love a lovely written card to show that there's been some effort and thought that gets gone into this. Uh, Quality quality time, Ems, is that um, up there for you right now? Uh, Nope. No? I would like some time by myself. (laughs) I got to say, although I am a quality time person, I have enjoyed the fact that you've had more time with the two older kids and I've had time with little Izzy just to to bond and I've enjoyed that time together because when you come back, you're nicer. Because I've had to. That's how introverts work. If people just understood this, we're going to have to do a whole podcast on introverts and extroverts. It is. You do get nicer when you've had your Emma time and the coffee. (laughs) This is true. Uh, what about physical touch? Is it up there for you oh, in the love languages? No. I am pregnant. I have three kids. I am tired. I have a job. Uh-uh. Sorry. I'll respect that. I, I can keep away. What? You can keep away? No, this is not true. I'm sorry. You're I, listening there and uh, you're thinking, I wish my husband would say that. Mm, he's lying. I'm, I'm trying. I'm not lying. I'm trying. It's a prophetic word. It's speaking something to an existence. Uh, okay, if I've gone through all five, so it seems like words of affirmation, you don't need. You need acts of service. You want your car to get washed. Quality time, no. Physical touch, no. And I think I've missed one. And gifts. Gifts. Okay. Was that a yes or a no? Uh, you know, I'll always do the gift if you'd like to buy me one. Okay. Important. If you're wondering how <laughs> can you broach the subject with your significant other. So as a guy... Do you ask her, look, one way you could do is you could get her a book. You could buy the book and you guys read it together. Make it like your little date thing. Hey, we're going to read this book. Read a chapter separately and maybe I'll take I you out. I highly recommend doing that. If you can get your partner to do that, that is a great way to do it. True. Or you could just send them this podcast and then you get realize, wow, we are not as bad as we thought. <laughs> <laughs> it is really good to chat about this with your partner and understand what their love language is, even get them to think about what their love language is mm. and, you know, let them know what yours is. And you guys, if you start talking the right love language for each other, often a big hint to what their love language is, is the love language they communicate in because mm. they just assume that everyone feels love that way. So true. And I reckon it could actually save a whole lot of marriages realizing that the person actually doesn't hate me. They're not so bad. (laughs) They actually just speak in another language, which I don't understand. But if we can just start to speak the same languages and realize that one, the way someone else is expressing love is the way that they would like to feel. Is this the simplest way of understanding the love languages? What do they do consistently? Mm. Or actually in the book, Gary Chapman talks about analyzing the what they complain about most often Mm. and what they request from their significant other. So they're consistently asking for it. You know, all that other stuff you do, which you think, why don't they just see that and recognize that? Just think about what they're asking for and that does help save a whole lot. And that's a whole lot of counseling sessions that we had to go through in our initial stages <laughs> so of marriage. we'll save you money. We'll save you a whole <laughs> lot of money uh, to realize if I just did it this way. When Emma says this, she actually is not saying I am awful and hopeless and a bum. She's just saying this. I wouldn't actually use the word bum. No, well, you didn't say that, but it's it's when we had, we did, we saw a counsellor in the first couple of years of marriage to work out this whole communication thing and that when I'm saying one thing, maybe Emma's hearing this, but what Terence means is this, Emma, and vice versa. And it's amazing how that small little thing of speaking the same language, instead of Emma speaking Spanglish or Chinese, she, we were both speaking the English love language and I felt my love 
love tank was full and i love you more babe and can i just hey, add i love you too your dad just texted me and said you're awesome he did not you're lying <laughs> all right but hopefully he will one day because i'm going to send him this podcast because i don't do hints now i would like to say this is not a sponsored thing by the book we actually just feel like this is so incredibly helpful and more people need to know about it so we just hope that it helps you all right so that is episode one now during this series we are going to discuss all kinds of things including interracial marriage uh, dealing with parents-in-law, conflicting parenting styles, and the list goes on. We're going to talk about some stuff, hey, babe? Mm. So, we hope you... <laughs> See, when you say that, all I hear is, we need to talk. No! Which is which is one thing every husband <laughs> just loves. I mean, I love it. When you say that, it just I just get so excited. Wow. All right. So, join us next week on Black and White, Seeing It Differently with Terrence and Emma. Is that the name of the podcast? I just made that up, but it sounds good. That sounds awesome. Let's roll with that. Black and white, seeing things differently with Terrence and Emma. Thanks for listening to the Terrence and Emma podcast, all about relationships and seeing things differently. If you liked it, share the love and send it round and tune in again next time.